You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson Show. It's the end of the week already, Friday episode. You know what happens on Fridays. Matt and I go through all of the Sunday games, and we make our six-pack of best bets. We've been keeping track all season long with the Action Network. Chris Raybon joins us on Thursday, makes his picks. Matt and I go through every game. We review them all, but we make our six-pack of best bets, and we've been following along all year. So that's what we'll do on today's show, talk about everything that we see happening Sunday. This season will be different. It already has been extremely different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, the scout, Matt Williamson, a must-follow at Williamson NFL. We don't have a Thursday game to review, Matt. We're just talking Sunday here in this very strange week where we've got three prime timers after Sunday, two on Monday, one on Tuesday that we'll get into at a later date next week after we break down all these Sunday games as well. But let's just jump into our picks. You can have the honors if you'd like to get this going. All right, I'll take the honors. Anyone that listened yesterday probably won't be surprised by this. I'll take the Patriots over the Chargers. <laughs> and what I see is a pick em game. I've seen it go minus one, plus one. But either way, I trust Belichick more than I trust Lynn. I mean, let's just throw it out there. All the hidden yardage stuff, special teams, cl- clock management, use of timeouts, all that peripheral stuff couldn't favor the Patriots anymore. I'm seeing even, so it looks like people are jumping in on the Patriots here, but you get that plus one that Chris got yesterday because he also picked the Patriots. So uh, that was at the very top of my list too. I think that's just, it's just that game where if, and Chris talks about a lot of data and he brings so much information to it, which is why I love having him on, on Thursdays. And he has a different outlook on, on how to pick games than you and I do. We, we come from a scouting background and a scouting idea in the way we look at matchups and things like that. So the data comes in and it spits out a number and Las Vegas uses so much data too when they make their picks or they make their projections in their lines. So Patriots Chargers looks like, you know, in LA, maybe that should be an even game, but then you have to factor in the human element like you and I do so much. And you look at this matchup and you look at how Belichick knows how to win games and how the, how uh, Anthony Lynn in, in San Diego, and you want to say, call him San Diego, <laughs> in Los Angeles. And we were, because I remember all last year, we're like, why aren't the Chargers better? You know, it's Phillip Rivers, it's this, it's that. And it's starting to become clear Anthony Lynn is finding a way to lose games and not win them. And Bill Belichick does the opposite. So if the data tells you one thing, and then with this sort of a matchup that our brains and minds and hearts and knowing the humans that are involved here tells us a certain story too, then uh, I'm with you. You got to go Patriots, especially if you're going to get a point or if it's just flat out even. I honestly believe that if Belichick had the Chargers roster, they'd be one of the top two or three teams in the league. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about battling for the one seed in the AFC, possibly. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, they would have the Chiefs to contend to in their own division. I mean, that's a tough division there. I wonder if uh, there's a conversation for another day is with that roster that you mentioned is a, is a potential head coach going to look at the Chargers and say, I love that roster, but I don't like the competition in the West. That, that'll that be an interesting job when when these things happen and, and coaches are being 
interviewed and where these coaches land and who decides to take what job and who's offered what job. I mean, this is going to be a huge coaching carousel this offseason. And I have a feeling the Chargers might be one of those. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more openings I think are possible. Chargers still might be my number one pick, but you're right. My least attractive thing about taking the Chargers job would be Mahomes and Reed and the Chiefs. I'm going to go to a game and I'm going to go head to head here with do they pick this one? No, oh, no. He didn't end up picking this one in the Action Network, but but he liked uh, the Jets yesterday. It wasn't one of his official six-pack picks. I'm going to go against Chris's advice, which is you know not always smart, but I like going head-to-head with him at least once per week here. And um, the, the, the 0-11 Jets getting 8.5 points right now against the Raiders, and that line has dropped a little bit. And with what we saw with the Raiders last week, and even if there's no Josh Jacobs, I think we're going to see an angry Raiders team. I think the Jets are a team that can absolutely get blown out by the Raiders. I see a bounce back week for the Raiders here who are in the playoff hunt. The Jets are playing for nothing. Uh, just Darnold just seems like a mess. I'm going to give away those eight and a half points now that I've seen that line drop a little bit. And even if it was to drop a little bit more, that would be uh, even better. But I'm going to go Raiders here and give up a whole bunch of points against the Jets because that's how little I think of the Jets. And I'm expecting a Raiders bounce back because we've seen so many volatile weeks from the Raiders where they get beat. And then like last week, they laid an egg, but then they've beaten uh, the the Chiefs. They've handed the Chiefs their only loss of the season. There have been games where they looked really, really good. I think this is going to be one of those high points for the Raiders and bouncing back from last week. I agree with you. And Chris made some really good points. Like I originally looked at this and thought, this is a small number for a a quality team against one of the worst teams in the league. But Chris made some good points and it kind of made me say, "Ah, maybe I'll pull back. And so I pulled him out of my six pack, but I still have to take the Raiders. And basically for all the reasons you said, I I don't love the one o'clock start for the cross country road trip and all those things, but Man, I just think the the world is too low on the Raiders after a miserable performance last week. But a lot of that stuff was self-induced and just did not play well in any facet. I think they're a better, much better football team than that. And I have no faith in the Jets to put points up in this game, even against a bad defense. Right. Yeah. I just, I just have zero faith in the Jets, even more than I have faith in the Raiders bouncing back. And you know, eight and a half points isn't that much with with how bad the Jets are against a quality opponent. Like they, they're every time the Jets play a good team, and even when they've had leads in games, they still lose by ten points. Right, right. I mean, 10 points for them to lose by is like nothing. Yeah, there's nothing at all. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, that's my first pick here in the six-pack. Giving up a lot of points there with the Raiders. I haven't picked the Raiders a lot this year, so that'll be fun. Uh, let's go to pick number three. We're halfway there, just about here in our Sunday six-pack. And our six-pack is going to be half of the Sunday games. There's only 12 games on the Sunday slate this week. Who's your second pick, Matt? I'm struggling this week. There aren't many that jump out to me, to be very honest with you. Chris had some good points, but some of them weren't convincing enough for me to make them, you know, my picks. I'm going to go Vikings minus 10 is what I'm looking at. But even if it's a little different over the Jags, Thielen back, I think Cousins is playing quite well. I just think Minnesota's offense should put up a lot of points in this game. I mean, the way Jefferson, Cousins, Thielen, and Cooks, uh, Cook are performing in that line against a terrible defense. And the Vikes D gives Zimmer credit is, and this was a, a Chris Raybon point too, that 
some of these D's we kind of left for dead or, you know, aren't so bad anymore. And I think the Vikes are a good one of those. So I'll gladly lay 10 against the bad Jag team. Yeah, the Vikings are that team where if you take out the beginning of their season and, you know, give them credit for, say, okay, they started slow and it was the uh, preseason start for them. It's a much different outlook with the way they've played um, more recently, even though I don't think they're in the upper echelon of teams around the NFL. You take those first three losses right out of the gate, and those were against really good teams, too. They're all three looking like playoff teams in the Packers, Colts, and Titans. And then you see what they did uh, later on in the season. They've beaten the Packers since then, so, you know, really rebounded this season. And um, I like the trend of the Vikings against a really bad team. I think this is similar to that Raiders-Jets pick. Yeah, exactly. They're... You know, Raiders and Vikes, I think, are in the same tier, and I know the Jags and Jets are in the same tier. More Peacock and Williamson coming up. We'll have the second half of our Sunday six-pack and get to the rest of the week 13 games next. One game, Matt, that's coming to the Peacock Sunday six-pack that I agree with Chris Raybon from Thursday's show wholeheartedly on is the Detroit Lions, and I'm taking that new coach bump for the Lions in Chicago, the four and seven Lions to beat the five and six Bears here. And uh, I'll even, you know, I, I mean, I'll take some points here on top of it because I think I would pick the Lions straight up. So this might be a nice money line bet, but a uh, Lions plus three over the Bears. Yeah, that actually was going to be my next pick too. I wish I knew more, you know, Friday at noon about Galladay and Swift because they're a little light, light on weapons if those two don't play. But I bet Stafford plays like a ton of bricks is off his back and the whole team follows. And it's kind of like some of the other picks we've made. This is as much an indictment on the Bears as it is, you know, excited about the the Lions seeing things through, a, you know, a rosier colored lenses. Chicago's offense is as bad as any in the league. And we already know Trubisky is going to start and yeah. did not like what I saw from Trubisky last week at all. There's just really no answers there for Nagy. And that might be part of it. It's just it's. The, the way the Bears are training right now, it's really hard to get behind them. And for a Lions team, you mentioned the, the weight off their backs. And we touched on a little bit yesterday, and it's probably an underreported story by us throughout the week after Matt Patricia was fired. Like, multiple players coming out and, like, pretty much rejoicing. Ex-players, <laughs> and the, he did not have that locker room. And so that they might be playing free and happy and uh, celebrating that they don't have that coach anymore in Detroit. So uh, that I think that's a, a pretty big deal there because it turns out that Matt Patricia, as he was a pretty smart X's and O's guy, wasn't a leader of men. And it's uh, such a huge part of being a head coach in the NFL, have your players playing for you. So uh, I expect the Lions to have a little bounce in their step, as we've seen from so many teams this season in games immediately following a, a head coach getting fired. Yeah, I think there could be a lot of that. And I think in this case, it's very real. All right, let's finish it up here. Pick five of six coming up, Matt. Your last one in our Week 13 Sunday six-pack. I don't feel confident about these other ones. I got to admit. It's a tough week. I think Chris picked the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Rams. And my biggest logic behind my main logic is Hopkins versus Jalen is, you know, at least a draw. And I don't trust the rest of the Cardinals' weapons to really be a potent group. But more than anything, I think Kyler's really fighting this shoulder injury. And they're very Kyler-dependent. And if he's a shell of himself or a fraction of himself, then I think a really good Rams defense will hit him often. Aaron Donald, contain him. We already talked about Ramsey versus Hopkins. 
And I know Goff has had his struggles, but I trust that Rams offense quite a bit to score points every week. Only laying three, I'll take L.A. here. And there's, you know, things are getting a little tighter again in the NFC West, too. So there's some things to be decided. Rams and Cardinals still play twice this season. They have not faced each other yet as division rivals. And uh, I'm with you. An injured Kyler Murray is plenty for me to take the Rams and and give up a field goal. And that line is now two and a half. So, uh, yeah, Mm. I'm with you on that Rams pick. I like it narrowly. If it was maybe four or five, you know, uh, I would go Cardinals. But two and a half, I like it. Let's go Rams here. Okay, I'm in. My, the rest of these are foggy to me. Man, though. there's so many things. tough ones. And uh, and I've talked about it a little bit earlier, a couple of weeks ago, how Vegas, at the beginning of the season, Matt, you and I were on fire making these picks, and and we were hitting them left and right. And I think it was just hard for the uh, you know the lines. I was It was hard to set those lines during the season. I think they've really dialed it in, and so many of these are just right on, where I see a game, and I'm like, okay, if this game is over this much, I'll definitely take this team. And I look at the line, it's like, well, it's right where I was thought, thought it was going to be, and it's yeah. hard for me to feel yeah. strongly one way or the other. I almost want to give up the points for the Dolphins and go head-to-head with Chris because that was a surprise pick. He picked the Bengals last week, and and even though he made some great points, the Dolphins have beaten plenty of teams by a lot this year. I'm going to still, I'm going to avoid that game. I'm not going to pick it, but that's like my backup backup. If you would have picked a couple more, I might've gone with that one um, because it's so hard for me to pick a team like, uh, like, uh, like the Bengals because of how bad I think they are going to be the rest of the year. And the dolphins have shown that they can blow out some teams and some bad teams. And they've already done it to, uh, to the jets and the Jaguars this year. And uh, I think it's the jets and the Jaguars, not to get off topic on a game. I'm not going to pick. I'm, I'm kind of talking myself into it. Yeah. The Jaguars, they beat by well over 10 points. The jets, they beat by well over 10 points. Uh, they've beaten some, uh, they've beaten, <laughs> they've beaten the jets this season, 44 to three in the two games they've played the Jets. Oh. So they can handle and blow out a bad team. That's, that's something that they can do and that uh, Brian Flores' defense can do. So, um, Well, before we get to your pick, though, let's stay there just for one minute okay. since we basically have already crushed this game because <laughs> I'm going to take Miami, too. I just don't think since he's going to score any points. I mean, no Mixon, no Burrow, and a terrible offensive line against a really good opportunistic defense. I, I know we talked about how 11 and a half is a lot of points, but not if you don't score any. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah get thir- they just held the Jets to three points in two games. I think they'll do the same nothing. It could be, uh, yeah, the seventeen to three or something. Uh, that's that's definitely. Mm-hmm. It, the more I talk about it, I almost want to make this my pick since we've already officially gone into it, and I don't feel super strong about any of these games. There's a lot of sort of ties for me, and and there's there's so many mismatches here that are that are big numbers, and I prefer to get points than give up points so i don't know if let's i want to do it so we can battle the network too, okay yeah day. you know what yeah, let's yeah. go i've talked about it so much i talked about how i liked it let's gamble on this one we've got uh i almost want to look at all the books here and, and make sure i see if i can get a better number than 11 and a half because that's, <laughs> that's so a big and then half i don't love yeah it, um but okay let's go let's go let's go dolphins minus 11 and a half and i'll see I'll take yeah. a peek real quick and see if I can get a better number. But I'm I'll be shocked if Cincy gets to 10 points. That's what I'm thinking. I just don't think they're going to yeah. score many points. And uh, I think the Dolphins are, are doing plenty on offense. And they've, they, they've proven already that they can beat bad teams by a lot. And I, I think right. when, when Chris was talking about it, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? The Dolphins don't seem like a team that's going to blow people out. And then I started looking at the their games this year, and they have been doing it. So let's go. Let's go Dolphins. I'm going to give up a whole bunch of points. And uh, this will be an interesting week. All right. 
And that's it. That's our Sunday six-pack. That's all six games. We've got Pats, Lions, Dolphins, Raiders, Vikings, and Rams. And we're giving up a lot of points. We're picking against the Jets, Bengals, and Jags, which I think are three clearly the worst teams in the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There are a lot of points combined that we're giving up, but we're also playing the three worst teams in the NFL that will uh, almost assuredly now have the, the top three picks in the NFL draft. All right, good stuff. Let's uh, keep this moving with some of these other games we've got going. Saints-Falcons is one that was really, man, uh, I I wanted to go Saints. This is the one that that I was sort of battling back and forth with that I probably would have taken if I didn't take that that Dolphins game. And I might have gone head-to-head with uh, Chris on this one and given up those three points and taken the Saints against the Falcons. The Falcons are just bipolar, and they're up and down. Uh, I just think the Saints are a really good team and, and can handle the Falcons and win this one by a field goal, even if they're not getting optimal performance from at least in the passing game from their quarterback. Yeah, and Chris made some good points about Atlanta, especially their defense, and I think their defense versus Taysom Hill could go very nicely for Atlanta. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards the under of anything in this game, but I have to take the Saints with the points as well, just because I don't think Julio Jones is going to play. I know Gurley's back, but I don't. that doesn't change the needle for me at all. Ridley's not 100%. I think the Saints' D is really, really good. And I, I don't. I think usually you look at this game and think bombs away. Start all your fantasy guys. You know it's good rivalry. I think this one is going to be very low scoring. And Calvin Ridley's still banged up too. He's listed as questionable. Right. I think he'll probably end up playing. But yeah, you're banged up with all your your uh, high powered weapons there on offense. If you're Atlanta. And that's your path, I think, to victory. You talked about their defense playing better, and I agree, but you still got to score a bunch of points uh, against um, the Saints. And I have a feeling sure. the, the Saints, with Taysom Hill, haven't got it fully figured out yet. I think that that can get better and better every week as he plays more and gets Alvin Kamara, for one, throw him the ball out of the backfield. Come on, let's go. Yeah, I mean, that's the big fantasy topic this week is, is Alvin Kamara even startable in fantasy anymore with Taysom Hill? I'm like, do you realize that the Saints game plan for a team that didn't have a quarterback last week? Right. Totally throw everything out. Like, they're not going to run Kamara into the wall against a team that they have no chance of losing against. I mean, Kamara's, they're factoring Kamara. Kamara's going to be just fine. No, that's a great point. That's absolutely a fantastic point there. So, uh, feeling better about that one now. And uh, the Saints, we both got over the Falcons. Uh, More games to get to on the Sunday slate. Previewing week 13, Peacock and Williamson. How about this one? Browns at Titans. Both teams coming in at eight and three. Both teams looking good in the playoff hunt in the AFC. For two eight and three teams, the Titans favored by quite a few here. Uh, They're giving up five and a half points to the Browns, but I can't say that's too big of a number either, even though for two eight and three teams, seems like a lot. Probably the two best running games in the league. I mean, maybe Baltimore, but they're kind of an odd one. I mean, just traditional, Mm -hmm. lots of play action off of that. And... I mean, Chubb and Henry might be the two best ball carriers in the league and not necessarily well-rounded backs, but just hand them the ball in a 1980s or 90s manner. My my sticking point here is Tennessee's really bad in time of possession, which is shocking because they they run the ball so well. It's because their defense can't get off the field. And I always like to pick against the Browns with a good pass rush that'll disrupt Mayfield. And Tennessee doesn't have that. But I do think, like, if you just look at power ranks or my power ranks, Tennessee's clearly the better team. But I think just run, run, run and not disrupting Mayfield, I'll take the points. I like Tennessee to win, though. 
I'll go the other way. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Browns as well and, and take those five and a half. But I'm with you, I think. And it's a big enough number for me to think that this game could stay close. The way both teams play, sort of a lower. Yeah. I would go under with the 54, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big number for these teams, isn't it? Yeah, it feels Although like I it. don't think either defense is all that good. That's where both teams are are hurting right now. You're, yeah. you're absolutely right about that. So I can see that. But it's it's odd to see, you know, old school power running game teams and then have an over of 54. Right, right. So I mean, interesting they don't even game have there. Odell or I mean they don't have much of a passing game in Cleveland. Interesting game there. Interesting game there. And I don't think Tennessee and I think Tennessee's better and that's why I'm picking the the Browns here and getting those points because I think Tennessee's better but they're not they haven't proven to be that team that's matchup proof and is just rolling through people either. No, no. I mean, should they be favored by a little under a touchdown against another probable playoff team? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they 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 have some momentum after that Colt game, though. The Colts and the Texans. AFC South. Colts, uh, big loss to the Titans last week. Is still in pretty good shape for the wildcard playoff spot there, but need to continue to win some games. And they are at the 4-7 and seven Houston Texans. Colts favored by 3.5 on the road. Well, I think Deshaun Watson's the best player on the field, but he doesn't have Fuller. And the Colts do a really good job of taking the big play away. Um, I, I think that they'll come up and tackle, make you dr- have long drives. I'm not sure Houston's real set up to do that with who they have. And I trust the Colt organization much more and, and to rebound after somewhat embarrassing performance. I don't love the three and a half. Is that what you have it at too? Three and a half. Yes. Yeah. But I'm still going to take the Colts. That's why I avoided it in my six pack, but they're clearly the better team. And where the Colts, you know, this oversimplification, where they lost that game was in the interior of their defense. DeForest Buckner activated from sure. the COVID list, so that, that helps quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I'll give up three and a half and take the Colts. Yeah, the Houston offense isn't much, couldn't be a whole lot different than the Tennessee Henry offense. New York Giants at Seattle Seahawks. Don't look now. First place New York Giants at four and seven at first place Seattle Seahawks. Playoff preview here in Seattle in week 13. Seahawks favored by 10 and a half. It's a good number. You know, we kind of mentioned it that a lot of these numbers are really adding up because I have respect for the Giants defense, but I also have a growing respect for the Seattle defense and a, pre- a week to prepare for Colt McCoy. Colt There's McCoy, enough tape yeah. out there to know who he is. I don't know if the Giants are going to do much at all on offense. And if they keep doing three and outs and not sustaining long drives, Wilson's going to at least is going to blow this thing up sooner than later. Bradbury versus Metcalf's kind of fun, but I think I'll lay the ten and a half and take the the Hawks at home. The Hawks are obviously favored huge by for a reason. Colt McCoy, he can manage a game. Can he manage a game to stay within you know ten and a half points, a touchdown, and a field goal uh, of the Seahawks? Maybe, but I don't feel super strong about this game just because the line's so big and it's such an obvious um, mismatch. I think for the Seahawks, that could absolutely blow them out, and I don't expect a, a ton of points from the the Giants side here. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll take the Seahawks. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give up those points. I think it's kind of interesting. The uh, the kings of the NFC East, the Giants and Washington, play two of the you know tier one teams in the league in Seattle and Pittsburgh. It, will either one show that they at least kind of belong? Or right. are we just going to laugh at the NFC East even more on Monday? Yeah, it, or is it going to be uh, an essential extra buy for, for a team in the NFC in the playoffs when they get to play one of those right. NFC East teams? Yeah, uh, so I think that's kind of an interesting storyline. 
Eagles at Packers, the three seven one Packers. All right, another. They're only half East. game out, Matt. <laughs> the Eagles are only half game out of first place there in the NFC East, and the Packers are on top of the NFC North at eight and three. And they, I mean, talking about that uh, that playoff buy, it's just like last year, a bunch of really good teams with really good records at the end of the year fighting for that buy, which will be absolutely huge. We saw the team in the NFC who got the buy last year make the playoffs, so uh, Packers definitely want to step on the gas here at the end of the season and try to earn that buy. And they've got the Eagles at home, and Pack is favored by eight and a half. I'll take the favorite. I mean, it's not the best number to bet on, but I do think that the Packers, they don't turn the ball over. They really protect Rodgers well, and that Eagles D-line is clearly the strength of the defense. And if they can give Rodgers some time, Adams will feast, Rodgers will feast. And the Eagles are really hard to count on right now. I, I don't love the Packers D. It could be somewhat of a get right game for the Eagles offense, but I fear that side of the ball is broken for Philly. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm with you, man. Uh, I want to see uh, Jalen Hurts at this point, just to just to yeah. see if it can change the look of the Eagles offense, which is obviously not working with what's happening right now. Give the fans a little bit of hope that they might have something going forward or at least, and not, I'm not even saying start him, just work him in more than two snaps. More than two snaps, right. yeah. Let's change up the look. Man, why bother? And, and put that. some heat on Wentz, because Wentz I know is a number two overall draft pick, and, and he's well-liked by a lot of people, and we both expect more out of him. Put a little heat on him. Let him know. It's like, look, dude, you still got to play for your job, too. Yeah, I think there is a little bit of heat on Coach Peterson, though. And yeah, and Peterson, too. Figure something out. Like, right. quit doing what is not working over the course of 12 weeks of the season. Change something up a little bit. Yeah. And the analytics folks that break down, you know, the Warren Sharps of the world that break down play selection, when to run, when to throw, those guys are really down on Philly in terms of, you know, being very predictable and things like that, too, which is not helping them. All right, both yeah, we're both taking the Packers here then. Yes. Okay. Giving up points, giving up points left and right here, Matt. And the final game of Sunday, which is in prime time, AFC West showdown. The four and seven Broncos getting all of their quarterbacks back in this one. So they will have a, a legitimate quarterback, Drew Locke, taking snaps here and throwing the ball at the ten and one Chiefs. Chiefs favored by fourteen. I'm going to take the points. Uh, we've been betting. I've been laying points left and right, you and I, against bat, for, you know, big teams over little teams. I just think that you look at Denver and you have to throw last week out. And, and I don't think people will. There's always recency buying and betting. But before that, Drew Locke and Fant and all their weapons, you know, I mean, they got, they got a good group of receivers, Judy and all those guys. They're the Blake Bortles garbage time kings of the NFL this year. I mean, they come back and they make t- things kind of close when they're losing by 20 at halftime. So Drew Locke will sling it. I mean, I, I think that they'll score points in the fourth quarter and cover. I think Fangio can keep the Chiefs yeah, in, yeah. In, a, in an area where they can keep this game close enough, right? And 14 points yeah. is too many. And this is one of the games I was teetering on. I was like, yeah, that's just too many points. I'll take the Broncos and, and give me 14 points, two touchdowns. The Broncos can keep it within that. It could be absolutely be a Chiefs blowout too, but come on, 14 points, I'm with you. Let's go Broncos here. Take all those points. Uh, betting on Fangio to keep it at least somewhat close. He's too good of a, of a defensive mind there to have his team. And the, the, the way the Broncos have played, the record hasn't been great. 
But aside from last week when they got completely screwed out of having any quarterbacks, they've been respectable, even though they've been pretty, oh, they're competitive. pretty light on players. And I'm still waiting. That Jerry Judy breakout was about to happen. Then there was a Ju- Drew Locke injury. Then Judy hurt his ankle. Then they had no quarterbacks at all. I'm still looking for that Jerry Judy breakout. Yeah, he's been on the injury list, too. But um, this certainly could be, be the week that he's over 100 yards. And some of it might be garbage time. But your Fangio comments are, are dead on. I mean, that defense is hard to play against. And I know that, you know, Mahomes is awesome, but their interior line isn't great. And uh, the Chiefs have some blemishes. They're clearly the best team in the league, but their run defense, their interior offensive line, they have some holes. And by the way, if Fangio, we've talked a lot about coaches, if Fangio, I've heard a lot about, oh, maybe he's going to, to, to be out and they'll, they'll change things up at the head coaching position and the change of the coaching staff in Denver. I mean, there's no, uh, he'd be at the very front of my line. Number one choice to, to hire as a defensive coordinator, if that was the case. Absolutely. And I have mixed feel. I haven't really given him a lot of thought if he should be, if he will be out or not, I could understand both. But to your point, I think he really is a defensive coordinator yeah, and a very and, good one. Right. But and it's, it's no knock on him necessarily. And we talked about, Patricia a minute ago and, and some people sort of top out in a, in a certain and he's not like you know the most charismatic guy but uh, right. not that he's not going to be successful as a head coach but I mean John Elway his job should be in question if, if they decide that Drew Locke isn't the guy because yeah. they got to get quarterback figured out and if you do end up with a new GM then you might end up with a new coach a new quarterback and just you know dominoes falling into place there yeah and it'll be an interesting offseason for that team um, I'm not sure that I would totally scrap the lock situation but i got to at least bring somebody yes. else in and it might not work out that that's a first round pick but maybe that's cam newton or i mean there's some quarterback on the move darnold i don't know um i, I was hard on this team for just going all in on lock in the offseason that right. never added up to me it was promising the way he ended his season but just that he was yeah. he had no competition you got to push him for sure Right. And he's not the only problem there. I mean, oh, no. he's been in and out of the line. He's only played, what, six games or something. Well, they're missing their best player. They've missed them all season in uh, in Von Miller, too. So that obviously doesn't Portland help. Sutton would have been and, useful, and, too. Yeah, Sutton would have, wouldn't have hurt <laughs> as well on offense to have your number yeah. one pass catcher and, and number one defensive player. So yeah. uh, plenty we, we of... We forget those things in December. Yes. You know, like... We can rip on the Eagles, but they, they're missing like four oh. starting offensive linemen. And like, that, I've, you know. I've been somewhat surprised just because of how crazy this whole season has been. And look, we've got plenty of time to talk about coaches and firings and stuff like sure. that. It's been such a long year and a weird year. You almost have to throw out some of it. So I'm, I've actually been a little bit surprised by how many coaches that we're going to see turn over this year because there's plenty of excuses and plenty of reasons why some teams and so many injuries, so many players out and so much COVID and, and missing time. I you, you almost have to give a lot of coaches, a really big pass on 2020. Yeah. And and I think this is definitely a longer conversation, but we might have to do that with quarterbacks too. You know, like all the quarterbacks that people were excited about young guys and I'm going to, you know, Haskins and Locke and Jones and uh, Baker. And, you know, this was a tough year to be a developmental quarterback is all I'm saying. No, that's a great point. And it, it, it points to, how promising it is for those quarterbacks who did develop in these circumstances, mm-hmm. especially someone like Justin Herbert, a rookie 
in this environment. One of them blows his knee out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, God, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's rough for since. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the whispers about there. Anyway, so uh, too many digressions here, too many uh, conversations that we will continue to have throughout the season, throughout the offseason, every day on Peacock and Williamson. And I do want to let everybody know if you haven't checked out Locked On Live, there's a Sunday pregame show it is fantastic. Ross Jackson, who's the host of Locked On Saints, and Cody Rourke, the host of Locked On Broncos. I've been with them a time or two on this Sunday morning pregame show. If you're looking for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth and isn't so, like, so much fluff on some of these uh, big network TV programs in the mornings, 11 Eastern AM, 8 AM Pacific Time, Sunday mornings, Locked On Live. Check it out. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday morning with Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson and numerous guests from the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow and subscribe, Locked On Live, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on notifications. Be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, Locked On Live NFL Sunday.